From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. That you are, and we're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. We'll go through the particulars of how the PGA Tour is answering Live Golf, and their strategy is to try and become more like Live Golf. That's legit the strategy. They're right now in an existential crisis, and Jay Monahan's big master plan is uh, be more like the Saudis. Well thought through. Hey, let me tell you about Baptist. Is joint pain affecting your quality of life? Well, at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Tuesday, 1 o'clock, we're in the lunch hour here on Ken LeVick Alive. Every successful show needs an hour with a name and a fancy sound effect. Ours is, of course, a young woman enjoying lunch, eating a sloppy joe with her mouth open. So let me tell you about the particulars here with Live Golf and what uh, the PGA Tour has countered. You can't think with her chewing in your ear. I know. It's really, really difficult. She seemed a bit more vigorous I, I, with her chewing today, in I fact. kind of agree. It was a little... It a was little, a, a little, little bit la- juicier than normal. <laughs> she must have been drinking water, a refreshing water, while she ate her sloppy joe. Uh, this is what, in a meeting, Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner, according to multiple reports, proposed to... Uh, tour pros this morning as the Travelers Championship, Travelers Championship Week is underway on the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour will begin holding eight no-cut special events with $20 million purses for the top 50 in the FedEx standings beginning for the 2023 season. These bonus events that are planned are going to take place in the fall. Now, there is a report from Golf Digest that they're actually going to be spread out throughout the course of the season. So, Live Golf, they've poached Phil Mickelson, they've poached Dustin Johnson, they've poached Brooks Kepka, Abraham Answer. There are more names coming. There are more names coming. Uh, Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com, who we're going to talk to in just uh, a second here. Uh, he reported on Honda Classic Live on Saturday that Victor Hovland was another name that was possibly on the way. I don't think that that is a massive surprise to anybody. Not at all. Uh, but we'll we'll talk to Sean here in, in just a second. But uh, it looks like what the PGA Tour, what their – what their response is, is more tournaments and more money. Whereas right now, Live Golf is less tournaments and more money. So, I, I mean, I guess I know you've got to make your network partners happy, your TV network partners happy, but to, to, to have your plan, your master plan right now with these players 
hey, more golf, more golf. Yeah, there's more money on the line, but more golf. Play more weeks. I don't know how that's going to go over ultimately or if that's going to be something that is going to make the remaining members of the PGA Tour happy. I just... I don't, I don't know right now if Jay Monahan actually has a clear plan. I don't know if Jay Monahan has a, a clear head about what exactly he wants to do. It's almost as if this sort of feels like Stone, the NIL. The NCAA knew what was coming, and they didn't take it serious, didn't take it serious, didn't take it serious until the 11th hour, then they threw something together. Kind of feels like this is what the PGA Tour is doing right now. It's a good comparison because Victor Hovland's really young. I think he's 21. Abraham Answer's really young. Bryson's young. Brooks is young. And it's like... It kind of feels like the PGA Tour's getting caught off guard a little bit by this. Absolutely. When they should have had a, a more clear-cut contingency by this point. For sure. And like, similar to in the NCAA where the kids are taking control of the power, this is what the, the former PGA Tour players feel yeah. like they're doing. It's they're, like, we want our power back. Like We want to be on the course less... And get paid more. They're dictating their their own path. Right. Uh, th- this does have some similarities to the NCAA. Sean Fairhome, Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com. One of the single best feature writers in the sport joins us here, our Golf Insider on Ken Levick Alive. Sean, I uh, I was going to call you uh, today so we could talk a little bit of uh, of Matt Fitzpatrick and his U.S. Open win, but then Brooks Kepka happened, and thus concludes our discussion about Matt Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open here today on Honda Classic Live. But uh, Brooks Kepka going to live golf, and I don't know if this is a massive shock. I know I was a little bit caught off guard, especially after the show that he put on last week, uh, upset with questions, the black cloud that was being cast over the U.S. Open uh, when it came to live golf. So he's gone now, and I guess I'll ask you uh, what uh, what we've been discussing here over the majority of the first hour. Is the live tour ruining golf for the fan? And uh, just speaking for you, uh, Sean, how do you feel about Live Tour and how you feel about golf now? Yeah, I think it's it's diluting both products, isn't it? It's watering down both products, and I think it's making it worse. I mean, I don't think anyone's really ever going to take Live Golf seriously. Uh, it's an exhibition. It's 54 holes. It's a shotgun start. It's not real golf uh, in terms of competitive play. And uh, the more players that head over there, uh, the less, you know, the less competitive the PGA Tour becomes. So uh, it's really, it's not a good situation right now. Um, I know that they've just kind of come out with a, a new solution that we could probably talk about, that these, these eight events that are uh, going to be on the PGA Tour, that are going to be big money events. Um, that, that is a solution. But uh, to me, golf fans are losing out of all this. They're the ones who are losing. The, the, the players are making more money, and that's great for them. But uh, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything about the Live Golf Tour or the PGA Tour right now that is really helping the fans. Uh, when it comes to this PGA Tour plan, the eight new events, the bonus events, the bigger money, the $20 million purses, uh, is this a solution that you think is going to going to placate those who might be on the fence about going to live? Do you think that this is something the PGA Tour is going to be able to view as a win? Because for me, the prospect of more golf, yes, there's more money, but more golf seems like a little bit of a slapped-together solution here and almost sort of like, well, live. It, yeah, it, it does. It, it doesn't feel like this is going to work long-term, in my opinion. I think the players, more than anything, they want to play less. Uh, I mean, Brooks Kepka had a quote a couple of years ago talking about how he hasn't golf for money and he, he, you know, it's more about his life, his work-life balance and everything like that. I, I don't know. I, I just don't really feel like this is going to help that much. It, it does add 
uh, and line the pockets of some of these players a little bit more. But at, at the end of the day, they, they don't want to play that much golf. They want to play less golf, and that's really one of the main reasons why they're going over to live in the first place. So I just don't really see that this is going to be a long-term thing. And I don't know how it improves the product of the PGA Tour either. This kind of seems like more WGCs, and, and, and those really didn't yeah. work. They've already cut back on those. So I don't really know exactly what this means, but I, I just don't really see this being a – being something that really is a long-term solution for them. Sean Fairholm, GlobalGolfPost.com. Read all of his work. He is our golf insider here. Ken Levick alive. You hear him with me Saturday mornings. Honda Classic live here on ESPN 106.3. It, to me, it feels like the only thing that's going to potentially halt the momentum of live is for these players to start being banned from majors. But me, in my, my media brain, I don't see the TV networks being particularly pleased with that plan if it comes to that. They want the most viewers. Uh, viewers want to see Brooks Kepka. They want to see Dustin Johnson. Right now, the top three in terms of star power with Liv are on par with the top three on the PGA Tour, in my opinion, just in terms of interest. So what are the odds, would you say, that we do get to a point where perhaps these Liv players start to get uh, turned away from, from major golf? The more live players that are accumulated, the, the more the majors are going to say, hey, we, we can't just bar these guys at this point because it's going to reduce the, the impact of their own tournaments. I mean, if you, if you think about it, since 2017, uh, I mean, the, if you look at the live guys, there have been 10 major championships won by these guys sure. since 2017. Uh, these are... I mean, I, I get that you could argue that maybe the, these aren't players who are necessarily in their prime, or at least not all of them, but uh, these are pretty impactful players, uh, especially, I think, Reed, Bryson, and, and, and uh, you know, Brooks. Those guys are polarizing figures, and if, if they continue to add these guys, I think, you know, if you look at Patrick Cantlay, uh, if you look at some of these other guys that are, you know, it seems like they are on their way over to live, um, that they keep on adding these guys, at, at, at a certain point, the majors are going to really have no choice uh, because you, you're going to have a Masters with 75 guys in the field at, <laughs> at some point. Uh, it's, just, it's just not going to work. Uh, and, you know, I know the U.S. Open Open Championship, they, they pride themselves on being open contests that, that anyone can go and play. And I think they're banking on the World Golf Rank kind of being the gatekeeper to all this. And I don't know if that's going to happen. It, it seems like the players have a lot of confidence they will be able to play in these majors. Um, uh, one more here, because this is the, the benefit of having you on, is uh, we bring on smart people, and then I can just pepper them with questions because I don't know. Uh, so I'm glad that, that you're here, Sean. The, the world golf rankings. So we know that Greg Norman, CEO Live Golf, has said we're going to apply uh, to uh, become accredited events in the world golf rankings. Uh, now the 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 panel that determines whether a tournament can uh, can hand out world golf ranking points is filled with people, including Jay Monahan, that you would think would probably deny that request. Do you think that there is any legitimate chance, especially with a fifty four hole shotgun start uh, tournament league, that they're going to be able to get world golf point uh, world golf rankings points, especially considering who sits on that board? Yeah, and don't forget, guys like Mike Wan, who leads the USGA, is also on that board, and he's publicly kind of come out and said that uh, this is not good for the game. So, yeah, they, they definitely face a lot of opposition. I think the, the wild card here, Ken, is what the European Tour, uh, now called the DP World Tour, does. Because if they align themselves with the Saudis, there is maybe a, a chance that 
Uh, some of these guys on the Live Tour can go and play these DP World Tour events and gain world ranking points that way. Uh, you know, the DP World Tour may go back on their strategic alliance with the PGA Tour that was aligned a couple of years ago. Um, that is kind of the outlier here that, that could happen. But uh, as it stands on its own, I just don't see how they could really accumulate world ranking points unless this goes into some kind of legal battle and we eventually, uh, you know, see the, the OWGR, uh, you know, force basically on the on, on Live Golf and you, we see them getting world ranking points. But as it stands right now, it's, it's going to at least take a little bit of time, maybe even a year before anything would happen with that. And uh, some of these guys could fall out of the top 50 just on that alone, not playing PGA Tour events and not being able to play other events. Sean, awesome insight. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you this weekend, okay? All right, sounds good. Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post and GlobalGolfPost.com. He is our golf insider here on ESPN 106.3, and you'll hear him Saturday morning with me, 9 a.m. Eastern time on Honda Classic Live. Uh, so it, it seems like, yes, is there still is there still a lot stacked against Live Golf? Yeah. Probably, but now the PGA Tour has taken notice. The PGA Tour has absolutely taken notice. Now, Alan Shipnuck just made the point. The uh, You know him as the, the writer that Phil Mickelson talked to, not knowing he was on the record, and uh, Alan Shipnuck is, is, is that, that reporter, that author of the biography about Phil Mickelson, but he just tweeted uh, that Jay Monahan, PGA Tour commissioner, bitingly dismissed Liv Tour's exhibitions and his grand plan was to create eight new exhibitions with big money, just like Liv. Like he couldn't, that sums it up perfectly. I mean, it sums it up so perfectly. He couldn't have waited any longer. It, it, like, it shows that you're But scared. that was the grand plan. After all these weeks, that's the grand plan is to create more golf and try and up the ante. You, you, you are doing what Liv Golf is doing. You are doing what has made Liv Golf more appealing. Minus... The golf, the amount of golf, which has been less golf and more money for Liv. When that we, was the grand plan. When we had our conversation about sports morality, you talked about guys coming forward early and admitting mm-hmm. their faults and stuff. Do you think it would have went over a lot better if Jay Monahan was like, hey, you know, I think they tapped into one of the things that we don't do so well. I think we need to incorporate no-cut events. We need to pay our guys... You know, right? They're not placing. We or whatever acknowledge the case is. that we acknowledge that they have exposed a shortcoming of ours that we have not addressed uh, and and need to do a better job of. So here is my proposed plan, and instead, it took backs against the wall for them to actually come up with that and slap together eight more tournaments. Can they just hire us for the PR group? I know. Come on, that's all you had to do, Jay. What they could have done is picked a certain amount of tournaments. I would think. Yeah, and, and then tournament make, and make those the no-cut events. I like that even Instead better. Instead of adding eight more events. And apparently there's going to be an aspect of this where the, the top 50 players are part of these no-cut events, and then the other component of PGA Tour players are then playing for either um, standing on the PGA Tour or their card, or their tournament card. I think the implications going into that tournament would be interesting and something to look it forward to. It would be to. interesting for a fan. You're like, oh, this is survival. But for the player, how unfair does that become? Like, you work to get your, your card, your PGA Tour card, and suddenly, due to uh, Live Tour putting pressure on the PGA Tour, you're thrust into maybe a premature situation where you're going to lose your card because you're trying to put together <laughs> pro, uh, pro rel, uh golf edition because you're trying to draw eyeballs to your product, which wasn't the plan when you got your PGA Tour. Tour card. Here's where that plan goes awry. 
If you're that player fighting for survival, you'd be like, you know what? I'll pass on that. I'm going to live. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> live. Because I don't need to keep my card. I can yeah. come in dead last, keep the fans happy, be an interesting character, have a personality. Coming in dead last eight times, I'll make $120,000. Now, I'm not a math guy, but I know that's over a million dollars. Why should I go back to the Corn Ferry Tour after working so hard to get the PGA Tour, and now I'm in this tournament, this cutthroat tournament, where it was just created to try and draw interest, where I could lose my PGA Tour card, and I go back to the Corn Ferry Tour, where I'm spending Wednesday through Sunday at a Days Inn in Kaskaskia, Illinois. Why the hell would I do that when I can just go make $120,000 to finishing last on live now did you hear michael collins speak on all of this i did not i really really and i have it pulled up i'm gonna show it to you it speaks to exactly what we're talking about but it's corn fairy guys not getting a chance and it's guys speak up, up about money and it's a lot of things that Fairholme talked about i just really want you to listen all right, this is I, michael collins espn yes this was actually him on uh Keyshawn, j will and max okay. last week but it's really really interesting okay. where he stood yeah i haven't heard it it's very easy for the guy who already got a $100 million contract with Nike to then tell other people, hey, why are you just chasing the money? So you're telling all these young dudes, hey, man, you don't need to take the money. Come over here. This is where the competition is. It's all about your legacy. Cool. Legacy is not buying my plane ticket, man. So the last time I checked, I haven't seen Rory making any donations to those young dudes that are out there struggling trying to get on a corn ferry tour. Like, if you want to do that, John Rahm did the same thing. John Rahm's like, hey, man, it's not about the money. It's about the legacy. All right, cool. So you're not taking a paycheck this week. Like, no-cut events don't count. All right, cool. So you're never playing a no-cut event anymore? Okay. All right. Cool. Second FedEx Cup event and the Tour Championship. You ain't playing because they're not real because it's no-cut event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. There is not another professional sport when you're at the top level where you run the risk of not getting a paycheck during a given week. That's facts. But then there's golf. <laughs> that seems to be a problem. I don't know. It's just me. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot who talks, but I know every two weeks I get a paycheck to do what I'm doing. If I didn't get a paycheck to do what I'm doing every two weeks, you know what I'd consider? Going someplace else that's going to guarantee me that money. Bingo. I'm going to holler at a couple Corn Ferry Tour guys. I, I, I'm friends with one of the kids on Good Good Golf, and they are friends, and they got a big group of guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. Just one, where, where are a few of them speaking up about it? Like where, and, and some of those kids are on the Live Tour now. I say kids, some of them are men, but they're on the Live Tour now. The guys who are spending $12,000 a week are doing whatever and, and coming out with nothing. Where, where's their side of the stories? Why aren't we talking about these guys? Just saying the PGA Tour has been exposed, and it, what you brought up uh, is correct. This discussion of just acknowledge. Acknowledge that you're wrong. Acknowledge that you're wrong. Acknowledge that there's weakness. Acknowledge we need to change this, and instead of doing that, PGA Tour said, ah, eight more events. And then, by the way, some of you can lose your cards. Ooh. Do you think, oh, that'll be appealing. Do you think they tried to slip it in there the day that Brooks broke it? Do, that do they you, were like, oh, this news is going to just totally take over us. Let's just throw it in there right now. Boom, go. Maybe. I wonder when Jay Monahan is talking to the players today if he's like, guys, eight tournaments, eight more tournaments, okay? $20 million purses. It's going to be incredible. And then some of you might lose your PGA Tour. Like, how does that conversation go where the guys are like, oh, Jay, perfect. I want to stick around. Cool. Eight, eight more I'm not going to get Greg Norman on speed dial right now. Eight more weeks away from your family. Who's right, in? Right. And you're going to lose your future. Like, I just, I don't see that as a viable solution. You know, it is a viable solution. And, and you'll be guaranteed to actually get paid. 
the award-winning Palm Beach Marriott Singer Island Beach Resort and Spa because they are looking for workers. They are looking for employees. Beautiful Singer Island between Jupiter and West Palm Beach. They are hiring. And again, unlike the PGA Tour, they are paying your paycheck. It's coming. It's going to hit that bank account. Whether you're looking for a full-time career or a part-time job, Palm Beach, Marriott, Singer Island, Beach Resort, and Spa has it all. They are looking for positive, smiling faces with a passion for hospitality. They're now hiring for front desk agents, room attendants, maintenance technicians, servers, bartenders, baristas, and recreation attendants, just to name a few. Palm Beach, Marriott, Singer Island, Beach Resort, and Spa offers employers uh, employees free meals, free covered parking, free short-term disability, free life insurance, vacation time, PTO, health benefits, 401k with a fully vested match, career path planning, Marriott discounts, a $500 referral incentive, and so much more. I mean, at this point, I might just leave here and go there. Uh, call 561-340-1700. Ask to speak with Human Resources for more details, but they are looking for employees, positive smiling faces, passion for hospitality. If you've checked those boxes, then you can be a part of the team at the award-winning Palm Beach Marriott Singer Island Beach Resort and Spa. Again, call 561-340-1700. Ask to speak with Human Resources for more details. When we come back, hey, olds, old people, hang on to your hats. That was an old people term. Because Stone Lebanowitz is about to offend all of you based on an experience he had this weekend. If you like old school rock music, you might want to have a talk with Stone when we come back. He's Stone the Band. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Looking up at Sports Center right now. The Warriors celebration. If we have time, I want to I want to document how sloppy Clay Thompson was yesterday. I mean, my God, I've gotten sloppy. I got sloppy in Jamaica, but I don't think it 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 matched the documented annoying drunkenness of Clay Thompson yesterday. Get it together, man! Just taking women out left You're and right, a grown man losing his belongings, all the above. I mean. Almost rookie-like. Yeah, if he was in my group in college, I'd be like, next time, bro, either you you, you have a, a mandated uh, drinking sober babysitter or just don't go out with us. <laughs> he embarrassed himself yesterday. Uh, Stone the Banowitz, Sunday, PBKC. What we got going? That's right. This Sunday, ESPN 106.3 will be broadcasting live from the PBKC Sports Card Show from 10 to 11 a.m. The PBKC Sports Card Show is South Florida's premier sports card and memorabilia show featuring signed icon and over 60 vendors with sports memorabilia to buy, sell, and trade, and a bunch more. And admission is absolutely free. Get more information at pbkennelclub.com or by following PBKC on social media. All right, so we've been talking a lot about golf, a lot, a lot, a lot about golf, but I want to talk about Stone and his weekend. So, so... uh, Something that, that, that some of you out there who, who listen to Stone on a daily basis, Friday Night Lights, as we affectionately call him here on Ken Levick Alive, former uh, star high school quarterback at South Fork, former star college quarterback at Southern Illinois, is that this is not his only place of employment. ESPN West Palm is not the only place that he works for. 
He's a man of, of many jobs. He is a man of the people. He's a man of South Florida, resides in the 772, works on weekdays in the 561, and then on weekends occasionally is down in the 305, like you were this weekend. You work at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, I do some part-time work at Hard Rock Stadium with guest experience, so I'm working all the events, all the games, whether they're Hurricanes, Dolphins, and if we travel a little bit you know, up north, I'll, I'll head there with them, but... Concerts have been popping a lot. It's yeah, concert it's season. Concert season, baby. It's concert season That's in, right. the, in the 305, especially. So, so people coming through and through rolling louds on the way, I believe, which okay. I, know, I know you're not interested at all. I'm fine with it. I've got, I probably won't go, but it's not like I'm not interested. But this or this past weekend, I think, was something you probably would have been interested in. Why? Because I'm old? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly why. So, Joan Jett, Poison, Def Leppard. And Motley Crue. Ah, wait, wait, wait. So set the set the scene for us here. Let's hear a little Motley Crue. In fact, let's uh, let's let let let's put ourselves in Hard Rock Stadium. When was this? Saturday night, Sunday, Saturday night, Saturday night. So go through the lineup again. It was Joan Jett. Okay. It's Poison. Poison. Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. So when they finished their sets, they cleaned up and it was ready for the next one. So they're all four there. I thought that was pretty so damn cool. This is this is. I mean, we're talking. 1980s rock royalty here. All right. I mean, Poison, Joan Jett. I mean, we're talking top of the charts. We're talking trendsetters. We're talking transcendent, transcendent musical acts. And you get to see them live. You get to see them live. And in our pre-shift meeting in the morning when we clocked in, they said 48,000 expected attendance, which is, you know, Nearing what Hard Rock even holds, I for think for a they, concert yeah. based on the configuration, yeah. right? I think they hold sixty-five thousand. So we almost filled the damn thing up. I was like, you know what? My mom and dad would die to be here. My aunt was actually there, and a lot of people I knew were there. But if I was I'm working. not mistaken, these are all Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, no doubt as about well. it. Um, so, so what an experience! You as a youngster, twenty-three-year-old <laughs> Stone Lebanowitz, you get to you get to to basically see a rock spectacle that your parents. Who grew up idolizing yeah. these rockers? They never saw, and there you are, front and center to see Poison, Motley Crue, Joan Jett. This is incredible. So it had to be awesome, right? It was the complete opposite of awesome to me. What? It was god awful. So at four what? at four thirty, out comes Joan Jett with her walker. With her walker. Wait, she had a walker? I'm, I mean, uh, no, she did not have a walker, oh, but it basically man. looked like she did. So I've never seen this lady in my life. I do know the one song. Okay. Uh, well, now I'm forgetting it, but I, I love that's yeah, her, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's called "I Love Rock and Roll." So I it's st- in the lyric to the chorus. So I'm pretty close to front row. I got a good angle where I was working in the Lexus Sideline Club, and that was the one that I had uh, been excited to hear. I was like, this is the only one I knew about her, dude. I mean, these vocal cords are just. <laughs> Out of gas. <laughs> Completely out of gas. So I heard I love rock and roll, and I went back inside, and I switched shifts immediately with a guy who was holding down the lobby doing security. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what? It's it, it's hot out here. I hate this. I, I don't... I, this is, <laughs> so Joan Jett didn't do it for you. She did not do it for me. So now I'm in the lobby. I'm watching the Avalanche game. I'm watching the UFC Joan fight Jett, card. more like Joan Paraglider. No doubt about it. All right. So now I get to hear every music. Out comes Poison, right? So Poison's got to be awesome, right? Poison's like, got to be poison, awesome. Poison, what a big sound. They are a legendary band. <laughs> so I stay out there just for every rose has its thorn. Put out put out that one. Vocal chords were doing all right. I'm talking halfway through his, his, that song, he starts coughing. 
He's like, I, I apologize. Every this is middle of the set. <clears throat> I apologize, everybody. It's like he started coughing in the middle of the set, like he's hawking a, a hairball or, or a loogie. And I, I got uncomfortable because I'm like, you know, everyone's like probably feels for this guy. <laughs> I tapped out then. Walk. So wait, so let me review. Joan Jet, 63-year-old Joan Jet. You said she's more like Joan Paraglider. The, yes. the in your words, the voice was the vocal cords were out of gas. Completely right. on empty. All right. Uh, and then poison, uh, he started to to choke slash cough in the middle of the set. Yeah. Like he just he didn't have it in him. I, I guess this was out of uh, out of gas as well. So I tapped out All for right. poison. I go back to do security. Out comes Def Leppard. Don't really know any of Def Leppard's song, but I mean, you know, I know some of the choruses, some of the melodies, so I went out for them. I enjoyed two or three songs, mm-hmm. and that was it. Out comes Motley Crue. Now that, I bet that is awesome. Like Motley Crue, they're they're timeless. Tommy Lee, <laughs> uh, you 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 got Brett Michaels. How mm-hmm. could you not how could you not be into Motley Crue? It was the worst of the four. No, Tommy come Lee. On. Tommy Lee comes out there with his bob haircut that he had. That I, I Tommy mean, Lee's endlessly cool. Endlessly cool, and he gets out there and he says, "Hey guys, I currently have four broken ribs, <laughs> so I'm gonna give you guys everything I got." He goes, "I'm hurting. It's hard to sleep." How did he break his ribs? He's, I, I don't know. He said, "I'm not the guy who I once was, but the show." <laughs> he said, "He said the show must effing go on." It and the is crowd not goes crazy. I, I'm just. This is me. It's probably not a good sign at a rock concert when they preface it with, I'm not the guy I used to be. Exactly. That's probably a red flag. So instead of kicking it off and opening up with one of his bangers, he says, give me a second. And he goes backstage. (laughs) And and his guitarist comes up and just starts strumming a song for like 15 minutes. That's cool. I mean, it wasn't because everyone was like, where the (laughs) hell is he at? I mean, it wasn't. So he he comes out 15 minutes later and he's like, here I am. Let's get it! And, he, and he's screaming, and they start rocking out to their stuff. Didn't sound too good. He, again, is holding his ribs, and he's coughing as well. <laughs> and, like, three-quarters of the way through, like, the fourth song, he, like, slowed it down a little bit, slowed it down. That song ended, and he went backstage for another 15 minutes. Oh, Guitarist comes out and just covers up his, his the next song on the schedule. So I'm like, this dude is in the back puffing an inhaler. <laughs> I don't know if he's snorting or whatever he needs to get up. I was like, this guy, this guy's dying out here. He took at least four or five breaks during the, you know, one and a half hour set, one hour set, just to get a breather because he couldn't do it anymore because his vocal cords were out of gas. Can I was disappointed. So wait, this was, this was Brent Michaels? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was Tommy. It was Tommy Lee who was doing this. I don't... I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I couldn't really decipher who it was by looking at him. Oh, it, it's like I thought they were wearing wigs. I don't know. I told my mom and dad, I was like, these aren't, these aren't your legends anymore. Like, <laughs> these aren't your legends anymore. Your idols are dead. They're dead. Joan Jett. And the consensus was, if you go on social media and everything, that Joan Jett was one of the best ones out of the, out of the four. And that's just not me. That's from so, talking to people so, who were there and my aunt and the older people there, that were there. So, so Brett Michaels, Brett Michaels... You don't know if he was out there with poison. You don't know if he was out there with poison. I don't know if he was out there with poison. Okay, because I'm just trying to... If anybody was there, because now I'm curious. So if if Brent Michaels was there, he would be the one <laughs> that, that, that Stone is identifying as the hacking coffee mid-set uh, <laughs> lead singer. Yes. Uh, Joan Jett, who her vocal cords were out of gas, and then... Motley Crue, who had rib issues. We don't know who exactly had the rib issues, <laughs> but they affected the show. 
So what you're saying is that this truly was every bit of the late 50s, early 60s uh, age-wise rock show that that you would anticipate with old broken down rockers in true form. I'm very disappointed. Like that's a dream lineup and, and it seems like they all had health problems. And the problem is I'm coming off as a 23-year-old, right? Who doesn't know what he's talking about? Do you think maybe that's about. what it is? Do you think maybe that's what it is is you don't appreciate it just cuz you're young? I did my research after that. Like I was like I didn't want to be embarrassed cuz I knew I was going to come in and talk about it with you. And my aunt was there, right? My aunt's 53 years old. All of her friends oh, were there. Oh, your aunt was there? Yeah, my, and I had plenty of other friends and family that were there who were really upset and said that was awful. <laughs> and the, my aunt would actually like make, made fun of the Motley Crue set. That, like, that's what they all were there for from 4.30 in the afternoon all the way up till 11. And that was the biggest disappointment of them all. So I, I, it really wasn't just me. All right. So what we're trying to, what we're trying to, to figure out, was it indeed Brett Michaels fronting poison? Was, was it, because I don't know the actual status of where these bands are at with their members now. Vince Neil um, with Motley Crue. Uh, Def I, Leppard's uh, drummer was getting after it with one arm, though. Yeah, Mad that's, respect. that's his thing. That's, that's, and that's Def Leppard's thing is the one-arm drummer. He was getting but after it. But you're saying it was a disappointment, like it was almost a failure. Was anybody else at this Poison, Motley Crue, uh, Joan Jett, Def Leppard show on Saturday? Do you have a similar recollection with what I'm assuming is Brett Michaels just coughing mid-set and and <laughs> Vince Neil or Tommy Lee talking about rib injuries and Joan Jett unable to carry a tune any longer? Were you there? Or is Stone just being a 23-year-old who doesn't appreciate classic rock music? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. Patrick tweets, Brett Michaels, not in Motley Crue. Tommy Lee, not the singer of Crue. Never said that. That's Vince Neil. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and everything is clarified. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick for uh, for that. Uh, so, did you have the same recollection that Stone did? Did you have the same recollection of events Saturday that Stone did? The same experiences Stone did? That Poison was awful, Motley Crue was terrible, and Joan Jett was just flat out bad. Because part of me, like I feel bad for Stone, but part of me also thinks that Stone's just being a hater ass twenty three year old. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Tweeted us at KLV one zero six three. He's Stone the Bandwitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN. 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I can't get out of my head, and I feel bad, but Brett Michaels, I, I suppose Brett Michaels, I, again, I don't know who's fronting Poison. Is Brett Michaels currently touring with Poison? I guess I'll have to double check. I didn't even know that these four were going on tour together. Again, Joan Jett, Def Leppard, Poison, Motley Crue. Brett Michaels, Stone claims, had a coughing fit, sounding like he was hacking up a hairball halfway through his, through his set with Poison on Saturday. Was anybody else there? I need eyewitnesses to this. Because, one, I need to confirm... <laughs> I need to confirm, was Vince Neil the one who came out with Motley Crue and said, my ribs hurt, I'm not the man I used to be. That's not a good... Does Vince Neil have long hair? It was like a bob. Yes. It was like a bob haircut. I don't, I, okay. I mean, they all, they all it was, it, it, at their peak, had long hair. I don't know what they currently look like. I'm assuming Vince Neil still has long hair. But if he came out and declared to the crowd of 48,000 at Hard Rock Stadium, 
I broke my ribs and I'm not the man I used to be before Motley Crue's set, that's probably not a good sign for everybody in attendance. But again, part of me thinks Stone is just being a stubborn 23-year-old who doesn't like what the old folks like. Were you there? Were you at this rock show at Hard Rock Stadium Saturday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Man, it's so funny. Poor Brett Michaels. I do hope that his lungs are okay. And I hope that that allegedly... Vince Neal's ribs are okay. That's so sad. That's but but this is what I'm gonna feel like. Like so, think about it. Wednesday tomorrow, um, at uh, at the amphitheater here in uh, at the I think Financial Amphitheater yeah, here yeah. in West Palm mm-hmm. is is the Backstreet Boys, and there's a lot of buzz about this around the ESPN West Palm offices uh, because. I know that you said Stone because you think I'm a lot older than I actually am. That oh, you'd be into this this show at Hard Rock Stadium Saturday. You realize like those bands. I was I was a toddler, maybe probably more infant when they were having their biggest hits in the '80s. Okay, okay. So do I know them? Yes. Did I automatically misidentify? Uh, Brett Michaels with Motley Crue. Yes, I did. So that's what I'm saying. This it's probably a little bit early for me. But I was a junior high teenager when I was I, I was into pop punk. But but you couldn't escape the boy band route. And so it's nostalgic for me to have the Backstreet Boys in my backyard performing on Wednesday. Who, by the way, better than NSYNC always will be. Not even a debate. Like that's cool. I'm not going, but I would be into that. But if say uh, uh, you had Howie and the worst Backstreet Boy, by the way, and and Nick Carter come out and they couldn't sing anymore, and it sounded like they had perpetual frogs in throat, or Nick Carter comes out and says, "Uh, uh I'm I'm uh, I'm not the man I used to be. My ribs hurt." That would put a damper on the show. So I'm just curious because as you get older, you get more and more nostalgic, and you get more and more. This is how music used to be. This is how rock used to be. And I can see, you said your aunt. Yeah. She was really upset by it. Yeah, I just called her three times. I couldn't get an answer. She would have loved to come on because she's a really blunt and honest person. And yes, they were, she was, I'd say, borderline drunk, pretty buzzed. And so she was ready for her Uh idols. She was ready to rock. Ready to rock, fully primed up and ready to go and hated it and hated it. Man. And honestly, she was with a group of it was a group of females, so they were excited for Joan Jett, and they were like, "We're more proud of Joan Jett than all the other boys." Like she put on more of a performance, and more was like herself than the uh, the old guys that came out. And that's sad. And I was excited to like my, my father was proud of me that I was there. Kind of, yeah. I was like, "Dad, you want a shirt?" And, and you like, would give me a Motley Crue shirt. And you like, hated it. And I hated it. You hated every second of every it. single second, <laughs> except for like the songs that I could sing. I was out there every row. Yeah, I was hitting that one. And a few, like, three or four other ones, uh-huh. but the rest of them it just didn't go, man. It uh, did not go. Oh, man, that's funny. All right, well, I'm sorry that you that, that happened to you. It's okay. I'm not that sorry. I hope it doesn't happen to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I know. I want the Backstreet Boys to perform well. Uh, <laughs> just because, again, like, that's that's my era. Now, it's not my, my affinity for music, but my era, yes. And I think that counts for something. And when I was talking mess about it to my dad and stuff here, 
take a call, but my dad was like, imagine Drake in 40 years. Imagine Post Malone up there with all the cigarettes and all the, the drug abuse that he's going through. Imagine well, him trying to put something that's on. That's another thing. Like, can you bl- It's almost like if you're going to go see Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, Def Leppard in 2022, all, all of these people are in their late 50s or early 60s. So one... That already becomes difficult for them to to sound like they sounded in their prime. Two, there's been some hard living. Some hard living, especially with Brett Michaels. I can only especially, imagine. Especially, like, I, 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 I suppose C.C. DeVille is still a thing. He's still touring with the band, especially someone like him. Tommy Lee, absolutely. Vince Neil. For sure. Now, I think a number of them have been sober for quite some time, but damn it, man, the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. We're talking hard living. I don't think any of them are are off the wagon now. I think the only reason they can tour is because none of them are abusing their bodies any longer. And and, and, and it's my fault, and I acknowledge that I don't know the extent of that. Like My extent would be watching the movie The Dirt, which would be like <laughs> MGK was playing Tommy Lee and uh-huh. stuff, and it kind of depicted how their life went. So, like, <laughs> that's the extent Christ. of my knowledge. Oh. And any other documentary of like was Woodstock in black and white for me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my fault. That's my fault for being a baby. Well, if you're uh, if you're you're uh, looking to uh, get to the Backstreet Boys tomorrow, or maybe there's more washed bands coming through Hard Rock Stadium later in the summer, make sure you travel them taking Brightline, the yellow train. It is fast. It is stress free. And they take care of you. Brightline stations, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami. It's becoming the only way that I get through South Florida because I hate the brake lights. I hate the gridlock. I don't want to deal with it anymore. It is, no matter the time of day, terrible to drive through South Florida. You can't get anywhere. You're constantly bumper to bumper. Take Brightline. Do something for yourself. Do something for your sanity. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. Make sure you take it through South Florida. Again, stations, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. That is Brightline. A breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Tony Busby, the attorney for all of the accusers of Deshaun Watson, Brown's quarterback, he says that 20 of his 24 clients have come to settlements with Deshaun Watson. So, I don't know if that makes Browns fans think that, ah, oh, the, the worst is over. But I still think, and the NFL was quick to put out a, a statement saying that this will have no bearing on any potential violation of player policy. But I still think there's a lot to go with this. Just because 20 of the 24 cases have been settled, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I still, I'm starting to feel like Deshaun Watson probably gets anywhere from eight games to a year. Is it enough? Probably not. Would a year placate, I think, some of us? Probably. You I think that's only fair. Time and time again, the NFL has always pushed off these investigations. Like, when it's finished in court is when they make the decision. You don't think they just use the classic line, you know, we'll see, or we're going to have to wait and see, like, when a decision is made? I, th- I think he plays. I, I wouldn't do it. I'd go six to, six to ten. I think by week ten, he's on the field playing for the Browns. He might be. He might be. I think you start your baseline at a year, though. I think you should. Oh, Patrick on Twitter with some key news here, by the way. Um, so Vince Neil apparently fell off of a stage and broke his ribs last October. That's so it. So that would explain. So mm-hmm. that's who it was. Um, man, October, and it's now June. 
and he's still struggling with the ribs. Body don't heal like it used to. So they didn't play a song before he came out and declared his rib problem? Like, no, that was they the did. First thing. Oh, okay. They did. They did. He did like one, and it was like, yeah, like I said, they're open, and then it's when he gave us Listen, the news. I think at this point, and I think you're being unfair, I think you're being a 23-year-old, I think for most in attendance, just to see them is probably enough. Like, that's the novelty. Right there, right? Yeah, everybody there had the can, can bandana expect, around and the yeah, cowboy hat. Can you expect early 60s rockers to be top-notch? Probably not. It's the novelty at this point. So my ruling is <laughs> Stone's being unfair. Just being unfair. Uh, and I, I would agree. Honestly, it's, uh, I would agree. Thanks for the heads up on that, Patrick. That actually is legitimately helpful information. And I'm sorry to anybody who I uh, offended uh, misidentifying Brett Michaels. It's Motley Crue. Brittany Moynihan and Angie. I know. I'm, I have a problem. I have a legitimate problem. We'll try and rectify this before tomorrow. Jeanette's in tomorrow to save the day. Still in the Bandwidth Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick, alive ESPN 106.3.